Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Valley, you are listening to KEDC. This is Red Sea Roundup, and I am your host today, Pam Marvin. Our producer today is Thaddeus. Good morning, Thaddeus. Good morning, Pam. How are you doing? I'm good. It's so good to see you. It seems like it's been so long. It's been too long. It's always been too long when we are, you know, we've been apart. I know, because my December show was pre-recorded, so I haven't seen you in, wow, more than four weeks. So did you have a blessed holiday? We did have a blessed holiday. We had a wonderful Christmas. My parents came in after Christmas to stay with us for, um, been about two and a half weeks. They're actually getting ready to shove off. Unfortunately. I met your mom on Sunday. Oh, you did? I did. It was awesome. Wonderful. And saw your beautiful wife and kids Yeah, or some of them anyway. You were home with the babe, right? I was. Did y'all stay healthy? There's so much of that nasty little flu going around. Unfortunately or fortunately, the the little baby, Andrew, has been the only one uh, infected, affected. And we had a wonderful uh, Red Sea family retreat uh, first weekend in January. Yes. Too. That went well. The Alexanders were a big hit. I bet they were. We we had uh, really great numbers in terms of registration, but we got, we lost five families to the sickness. Oh my. The day, the day of five families had to cancel because they were contagious. So, oh man. But nevertheless, it was still a really, uh, really wonderful time. And I think very effective for the people who were able to make it. That's wonderful. We've, we've gotten some good feedback and the, the Alexander's recorded talk will be available on the website uh, soon. Perfect. Well, yeah. uh, that sounds like amazing time. And um, I have to say big shout out to we had a beautiful sacramental wedding this past yeah. weekend in our family. Congratulations. Father Brian did an amazing job as usual, but the children, of course, were uh, really what made the difference. Brandon and Mary, congratulations to them. Mm-hmm. They're starting their life together in San Antonio. So mm-hmm. pray for them and all newly married and just married folks, right? That's right. And Robin and I celebrated an anniversary since we oh, last seen each other. How many? 14 years. Oh, excellent. Feels like it's been 14 days. I know. Underwater. No, I'm just kidding. It's an old <laughs> <What>? joke. <laughs> I don't know who, who's a deacon that used to always make that joke. Well, that's not funny. <laughs> Well, if you're listening this morning, um, you're always welcome to call in. If you have any questions, um, you can call 855-683-7332. Um, joining us today is Stephanie. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm kind of the odd man out today here in the studio, right? I mean, it's kind of a women's day. You think so? Well, we had Dennis over there. He's evening things out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, just temporarily he's here <laughs> okay. checking on some things, technical things. Well, a couple of things also that are going on, though, is y'all pray for us at a Women's Axe Retreat over at St. Thomas Aquinas. We'll shove off uh, tomorrow evening. And again, we're kind of fly- fighting with some of the uh, flu stuff going around, too. So we'll pray for those folks. But please uh, say a special prayer for the women that will be on the retreat that uh, they will draw closer to Christ's heart to mm-hmm truly feel loved and adored by him during that retreat. Indeed. 
And coming up at the end of the month, we have uh, St. Joseph's Women's Retreat. That's going to be the 26th through the 28th. It's actually a, would you say, kind of a come and go retreat in a sense. You'll go home. Women would go home and sleep at, at their own home and then come back to the church right. for the day, the daytime portions of the retreat. Um, and the cost is $25. There's cost assistance, uh, fee assistance available. And I think registration is open until the the 19th or through the 19th. You can go to stjosephbcs.org to yeah. register. Michelle Braden does such a great job of um, putting that all together and their mm-hmm. speakers. I'm not sure who they are, but I know they'll be awesome speakers. Yeah, and these are good weekend. things to do before Lent, right? Kind Absolutely. Get yourself prepared for right, Lent right. as sort of a pre preparation for Easter. So it's a pre pre preparation, right? Exactly. Pre pre preparation, mm-hmm. which reminds me of, I get to love father Jared. Just love him. Yeah. Okay. He came, he gave a lot of his time at the family retreat. Yeah. yeah it was a wonderful Isn't presence. He, he said mass. He came over and spoke with, during our Q and a session on Saturday. Yeah. So the reason I'm mentioning him, give him a shout out is see, I'm, I'm, be, I'm getting really real. It, my penance and confession was a New Year's resolution. Can you believe that? Whoa. So I'm really thinking about it. But his point was so excellent. So I want to challenge our listeners to do the same, whether it's an, a resolution or not. He challenged me to come up with a, a way to grow spiritually, physically, and intellectually. Mm-hmm. But not only just to, to, to write those down, but to, to pray over them every single day. And, and I have to confess... I'm still like mulling around them. I have a pretty good idea, but I haven't committed because because I'm so afraid of failure. <laughs> so pray for me too. Okay, we will. You well, you'll me? have lots of time at the women's retreat to uh, the acts retreat to think on those things, no. pray on those things. Working, working, working. Bringing Jesus love to the women. That's awesome. Well, today I am so, so thrilled to have, especially one woman I just have adored uh, since I've known her, how long has it been since you've, this is Stephanie Rayburn. She is a principal over at the St. Joseph, assistant principal at St. Joseph Middle School and High School, right? So Stephanie, okay, so how long have we known each other now? When did you first appear on the scene? Five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago. Four, four to five years ago. We moved back to the area as a Brian native. Um, my husband and I had uh, been away about 12 years, but always had it in our minds to come back. And uh, when we came back, I enrolled uh, Mary Beth and Kenneth. And Mary Beth, I stayed home with Kenneth for a year. And um, then found that the middle school had a teaching opening, and it all went forward from there with, with Christ's guiding hand. Yes, which we are so thankful for. Uh, her daughter, Mary Beth, and my Annie are the same age. And so I knew uh, Stephanie first as a mom, just a mom. And so sometimes those lines get confused because I'm like, come on, just put your mom hat on for a second. I want to talk to you as a mom, even though she's assistant principal now. So if I ever cross that line, you just say, oh, Tim Pam. But I do adore you as just a human in general and was so thankful that you said yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. It is a challenge to wear both hats. Um, but one that I think brings uh, grace to both. I agree. Um, Stephanie, I was, was encouraging you to be very honest before the uh, 
the uh, show started because she's a beautifully humble woman and doesn't really talk that much about her bona fides, her credentials. Um, but today she promised me she would just tell me the truth and let me know <laughs> what all her credentials are. So I was so impressed when I met you about your um, experience with curriculum development. So can you just tell us about your educational background? Um, sure. In uh, graduated from A&M with a uh, wildlife and fisheries degree um, with a teaching option. And um, what that means in layman's terms is that um, I majored in wildlife and fisheries science, but I minored in education. So, um, and with a composite, meaning I can uh, teach multiple science subjects, um, almost acc- accumulating almost 90 credit hours of science alone, so that it gave me a very broad background. Um, after graduating from Texas A&M with a bachelor's, um, I did uh, public school teaching and coaching for about seven, a little over seven years, at which time uh, my husband and I married. So we made the commitment and leap to, for me to stay home with Mary Beth. And after doing so, um, when she turned about three, she was ready for school. And um, the local Catholic school in Houston had an opening uh, by the grace of God and a science opening at that. So um, I taught in the private school in the Diocese of Galveston, Houston for seven years. And um, then we were blessed with Kenneth. Um, he was in daycare for a few years. And when we made the move to College Station, it was the perfect timing uh, to stay home with him for a year or two. And as I did that, um, and then he was ready to go into education, uh, getting getting his schooling. Um, St. Joseph's had a middle school opening in science. So it's, it's all just fell in place just beautifully. Um, while in uh, the Catholic school in Houston, I did earn my master's degree in um, teaching uh, the, uh, and master's in the art of teaching. So really it's about coaching teachers uh, to um, hone in on their teaching, their own teaching skills and make them a better teacher where they're at, meet them wherever they're at in coaching teachers. Yeah, did you do something with curriculum as well during that time? Um, some of my master's courses did um, cross over into curriculum, but I think my biggest uh, influence on the curriculum was my um, composite. Um, having almost 90 credit hours of science gives you such a broad background. Um, and having taught both middle school and high school, um, gives you a real flavor for what they need when they get to high school. And then when you go to middle school, you're teaching to those needs and preparing them beyond a textbook that they need to learn to study um, differently for each subject. They need to learn, build that confidence in yes, middle school. Right. Well, I want to move in this first section here. I want to move on and, and introduce um, Sydney Shaw. Hello. Precious <laughs> elementary uh, kindergarten teacher over at St. Joseph School. Thank you. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. And tell tell our listeners kind of your background and what you're doing now for St. Joseph. So this is my fourth year teaching and coaching at St. Joseph's. I have the little littles. I have my kinders. And then I also am the varsity soccer coach. And just to make this quick connection, when Stephanie put Kenneth back, I had the privilege of teaching him in oh, kindergarten. So awesome. I knew her as a mom first as well. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's it's amazing. And I love her so much. Um, 
And so I've been there about four years this past year. Um, in 2017, I graduated with my master's in education with an emphasis in administration. So that leadership aspect um, has helped me so much. And then with that, um, I got sent to the initial training of Thinking Maps. And we launched that this year at uh, pre-K through 12 at St. Joseph. And so I have been um, helping all of our assistant principals and our principal just lead um, all of our teachers into bringing that to every student at St. Joseph. So it's really been awesome. We've had a great year. That's awesome. And we're going to talk more in depth. That's what the second half of the show is going to be about um, to our listeners. But right now I want to talk about Catholic Schools Week and when is it and what are the activities and just what's going on? Um, Catholic Schools Week is basically a, a week that um, the nation, it's a nationwide, the nation takes just a week to showcase Catholic schools and how they're different and what we have to offer your child in terms of education and faith formation um, as you uh, look at your academic options. So it's really an invitation to for all those people who have questions about a Catholic education, have even remotely considered it, please come learn more. And if you don't choose to come with this, that's okay. We just want you to make an educated decision. Mm -hmm. um, I have to confess that that's how I found out about um, the job opening in Houston. Um, I went to a Catholic. They had a table at a Catholic church um, very far away from their uh, the school. And uh, they said they never went there, but they went there that year. And um, that's where I found the little daycare for Mary Beth when I first stepped into the Catholic classroom, which um, is my own background. I, I attended St. Joseph's through fourth grade. Did you really? Yes, I, didn't I know did. That. Yes, I did. And my dad and all his siblings also attended. So Mary Beth What's is. What's your a, maiden name? Um, Hubachik. Hubachik. Okay. <laughs> Don't want to scare anybody away. <laughs> yes. So um, Mary Beth is a third generation Catholic. So it really, um, Catholic Schools Week was when I went and got to see the school that we started our Catholic education in, in Houston, St. Ambrose. Okay. And so uh, what does St. Joseph School do specifically for Catholic Schools Week? Um, we have a week-long celebration. We focus on a different topic each day. Um, on Sunday, we will be celebrating the parish so, so each, this is coming up this Sunday as it begins. Um, no, ma'am, January twenty eighth. Okay, so it's a week out or so. Yes. Okay, okay, it's a week a week out. National Catholic Schools Week is January twenty eighth through February third. Okay. So on Sunday we'll be celebrating the parish. We will have students speak about Catholic Schools Week and what Catholic schools um, uh, just get up and speak in front of the parish and invite people to come see our school to support Catholic education. Um, on Monday, we'll be celebrating the community, and that's our chance for our students uh, to give back to the community. Um, our particular campus will be um, working with our local nursing home and giving back to the community for all the blessings that we have. On Tuesday, we'll be celebrating our students. And most importantly, on Tuesday, I'd like to share that we have our open house that from any time between 8.15 and 3 o'clock, uh, people can walk into any of our Catholic school campuses and receive a tour, see our classrooms and our teachers in action, and ask the questions that they want to ask, and um, come in and just see. And, and for those of you that may not be um, familiar where they are located, the elementary school campus is right off of Preston Drive and William J., 
Yes, ma'am. Okay. And then the upper campus, um, the secondary campus is off of Coulter. It's the old Central Baptist Church. It's been converted into um, the school that's 6th, 6th? 6th through 12th. Yes. Right. Okay. So those are, those are located in Bryan. And our, our junior high and high school campuses are both at that 600 South Coulter location. So um, 6th through 12th grade comes to South Coulter, and pre-K through 5th grade would go to the elementary right behind the main church and the PAC Center. Yes, mm-hmm. ma'am. And they can come during any school hours. That's about 8.15 to uh, about 3 o'clock. That's Tuesday, I'm guessing, the 30th? No, wait. Yeah. That is Tuesday the 30th, okay. yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And on Wednesday, um, we are celebrating our nation. So um, we are doing, uh, we are all stopping what we're doing about the noon hour and doing an, a noon prayer all at once um, and all united uh, for our nation. On Thursday, we celebrate um, vocations. Um, our students will actually um, have the privilege of hearing um, one of our St. Joseph alumni, Brian Phillips, class of 2007. He will come and talk to our students about vocations and um, just, you know, in, inspiring them to open their hearts to what God is calling right. them to do. And we, at this point, I think it would be very appropriate to say to very illustrious um <laughs> Alumni Bishop Sis and Bishop Condrela also were classmates at St. Joseph. So a springboard for um, definitely um, faith formation, again, with home environment as well. So what else? That's Thursday. That's Thursday. And and, um, on Friday, the February 2nd, we will be honoring our volunteers. Um, It takes many, many people um, to make our Catholic schools work as the uh, wonderful machine that it is, including our volunteers, our faculty, and our staff. And they will be honored um, with a um, light reception, um, with some, you know, just a couple of small nibbles in appreciation for all that they uh, sacrifice and do for our Catholic schools. It's awesome. And the week, uh, the week ends with Saturday, our uh, our annual spring bling. It is okay. It is our uh, biggest school whoop, fundraiser. I very I've appreciated that for many years now. I we all so do. fun. I love being with all the other families. See families come back, uh, and people who don't even have kids there come and and just enjoy the fellowship and give to the church and because they believe in Catholic. I actually give to the school because I believe in Catholic education. It's an awesome event. So if you want to sign up to come to that, how do you do it? Um, you can go to our school website, stjosephschoolbcs.org, or you can simply call the school at 822-6641. Um, Gentry Woodard is in charge of the event, and he can further direct you in how you can help support that. You can help underwrite um, uh, many things such as the uh, food, the teacher tables. There's a whole list of things that people can underwrite if you cannot attend. But we'd love to just have people there and come out. It's a dinner. It's a dance. It's a time awesome. to uh, a live and a silent auction. So there's always something there for and live music. Yes, ma'am. And who's that going to be? Texas Unlimited Yay! Band. Yes, ma'am. The tub. The tub. <laughs> All yeah. right. So it should be a fun evening to um, to bring Catholic Schools Week to a close and to right. raise some funds for our Catholic schools. And I'll just put a plug before we end up going to our break here in just a second. 
Um, as a parent, I've had all my kids at St. Joseph School throughout the years, and it has continued to bless us really richly um, together. I do believe that it doesn't happen in a vacuum, but that it is just a complement to uh, what you do at home, but it's a beautiful complementarity. So with that said, hang on, and after the break, we'll be back with Stephanie and Sydney to talk about the curriculum that's going on over at St. Joseph School. We'll be right back. Listening to KADC's Red Sea Roundup. I want to say a big hello to everyone throughout the Brazos Valley and beyond. It's available. A, I, to joining me today, we're talking about uh, Catholic education. Catholic Schools Week is coming up uh, beginning the 28th of January. It's near and dear to my heart. And there's been a lot of very exciting things going on over with St. Joseph's School here in our local community. And I wanted to just talk about that and all the improvements and the changes that are going on that I'm extremely excited about. And I have Stephanie Rayburn, uh, the assistant principal for the middle school and high school, and Sydney Shaw, elementary school teacher. Is that your one title or do you have like a, a, another title in there somewhere? Um, besides the kinder teacher? Yes. Just the varsity soccer coach. I also do that. Um, Father Jared is actually my assistant coach. No way. Yes. That's so he cute. is so fun. Uh, <laughs> the kids awesome. love that. I bet. I bet. Oh, see, right? Great way to mm-hmm. increase vocations right there. Oh, yeah. We, it's incorporated everywhere. Okay. Well, um, Sydney may not know this, but I know Stephanie does, that I did homeschool for a while, and during that time, I really researched a lot about different types of education styles and curriculum to to see what I really felt was best for my children, and I really settled in on this classical education, and um, there's many components to that, but there's a, a obviously a different progression of, of the way that we teach. And um, I would like y'all just to take a, a few minutes to talk about classical education and the new thinking maps that we've kind of we're, we've incorporated this year. So, Stephanie, you want to talk about the classical and then then what was the process that St. Joseph said, let's do this? Well, it's always been what Catholic uh, education has been about here at St. Joseph's. And um, very simply put, it is... Um, applying critical thinking skills and logic on a regular basis um, throughout the student's education. For example, a classical education, of course, needs knowledge as a foundation. And so at the elementary school, you may not feel and think it's much different than other types of education because the knowledge is important. However, when we get to middle school, um, our teachers and our foundation is to incorporate more and um, progressive critical thinking skills in terms of expectations that the students go beyond memorization. It is not about simply memorizing for a test. It is not simply about regurgitating facts. 
It is about applying those facts and that knowledge in a logical manner to draw natural conclusions, um, baby steps. The teachers model these uh, this critical thinking skills. And um, the, the biggest way a parent would probably recognize this at home is that a student may come home and say, well, I can't find this answer in the book. And it's because you take um, sentence A from the book and you take sentence B from the book and you reflect on how you've seen A and B work together in the past and you draw a logical conclusion about what C is. And and then and when we get to high school, that critical thinking is applied in a deeper manner in which students draw their own conclusions based on their own facts and, and opinions and experiences and grow in that knowledge. Okay. I would interrupt you real quick because I had a moment like this at home where this is Dottie. She comes home. She had this project in science, very much like the one you just you just talked about, where it was A and B. She goes, Mom, would you help me with this? I'm like, well, sure, honey. What is She's okay. Well, she told me what the, this, A, and then B. And she says, but what's the answer? I said, sweetie, what do you think the answer is? And she said, you mean I'm just supposed to come up with something? <laughs> I said, yeah, it's critical thinking. And that was like blew her away. She's like, oh, okay. So like brainstorm. What do you think? You know, just really try and go. You know, I think it's, it's, it's such a great exercise to try and go beyond just those facts and what you see. And how much can we all use that given the climate that we live in in the United States with the politics and so forth and so on. Draw your own conclusions, folks. Look yes. at the facts and so forth and so on. But I thought that was such a cute example. She says, you mean I'm just supposed to come up with it, Mom? I'm like, yeah, you are. <laughs> and, and you know, that's the challenge that we put to our high school students, too. And I'll mention the fact that um, we expect all of our students um, to have two years of Latin at our school. Um, Latin is the basis not only for the English language, but for other languages as well. And with many of our uh, vocabulary words being Latin-based, um, the students then, after learning Latin, can draw their own conclusions about a new vocabulary word. Um, I explained it to the students when I was in the classroom as if, you know, what if I could teach you this one word and it, it, it mushroomed to, that you could learn 10 more at the right. same time without exactly. having to memorize all 11? You learned one. And you learn to apply it to different ones. And uh, they were astounded that it 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 multiplied their learning that and, way. And what grade level was this? So this is middle school. Middle school. Mm -hmm. And it's when does the that mandatory requirement start? Um, it's a high school credit. Um, however, we begin teaching our students that Latin high school credit as eighth graders. Eighth grade. Yes, okay. ma'am. They um, our Latin teacher comes down, and they actually can earn that first Latin year of credit as eighth graders. And then as ninth graders, they would then take Latin two and they have the option of taking Latin three and four, but that's uh, the two, other two years, the Latin three and four are not required. Mm -hmm. They are optional depending gotcha. on the graduation plan that the students select. Okay. So let's back up a second and say, okay, so when did the idea of the thinking maps come into play um, to add to the curriculum there at St. Joe's? Um, I think uh, Mr. Reich, our school president, had, had researched that for a while, and he was trying to um, incorporate tools that all of our teachers could use in the classroom, regardless of subject matter, that would be a springboard for the expectation of those thinking 
skills and the critical thinking skills. And I'll uh, let Miss um, Shaw, I'll a punt to Miss Shaw, let her tell us a little bit more about um, our thinking maps. But um, it has been a wonderful, wonderful compliment to our classical education. Awesome. I'm so excited. So you were chosen and selected because of your background to attend the different seminars? Tell us about it. Yes. So it was um, the initial training. So what I did is I was trained to be a trainer. So that was the training that I received um, initially before we launched in August. And uh, it was funny because when my assistant principal and Mr. Wright contacted me and they said, you know, these thinking maps training, we want you to go. It's in the middle of June or July. And I had never heard of it. And when I when they told me a little bit about it and when I researched it myself, my first thought was, no way. My five-year-olds will, you know, this isn't for them. I don't see how it's applicable and things like this. And so we met again and um, they encouraged me to keep researching, keep seeing what uh, what I could do in my own personal classroom. And when I went to this training and my eyes were open to the Where was the training? Run, it was in Houston. Okay. And there was about 15 of us in a class, and it was so amazing just to see how this one resource, um, just this ha- these handfuls of tools could be used no matter the content, no matter the grade level, no matter if you're 5 or 15, um, every human being thinks in these eight ways, these eight maps that you learn. And by teaching our children, how, by teaching them how they think, by opening their brains and mm-hmm. saying, you're thinking like this, we're using this tool because of that, it allows them to just learn so much more. And that classical learning, mm-hmm. they become independent thinkers, which is what we want. Yay! Yay. As, as human yeah. beings, as people, yeah. we want them to be independent learning. So I went to the training and I came back and in August we launched. And so we had our eight-week eight rollout period and we just ended that. So we're really getting into content-specific teaching and learning. That's awesome. I want to just for our listeners to kind of give kind of a little um, definition, so to speak, Mm -hmm. of of what the thinking maps are. Thinking maps are visual tools for learning and include eight visual patterns, each linked to a specific cognitive process. Teachers may apply thinking maps in all content areas and all grade levels. There are eight map types. You want to name the eight map types? Can you do that? Oh, man. Put on the spot. So there's bubble map, um, bubble map, circle map, flow map, multi-flow map, tree map, brace map. How many was that? And bridge map. Yep. That's all of them. Mm-hmm. That's, kind of, that's kind of like Latin to me right now. But um, <laughs> I've seen some of the maps, and you can Google them as well if you want to yes. take a look at them. And uh, Mr. Reich has been a great job of, like, emailing them out to the parents so we can take a good look and including us and as much as we want to learn about it. Um, and I have to say, I'm so excited that this is going on in the school. Um, so let's start with kind of at the beginning about um, how do you begin incorporating this into at the elementary level and at the secondary level? So I, within both campuses um, and any campus that Thinking Maps are applied to, we have this eight-week rollout period. So the teachers are all trained initially, and then each week that we are at school, the students are introduced to a new map. So they're introduced to all eight within this eight-week rollout period. And they— Excuse me, when did this begin, Sydney? uh, The first week of school, or the second week of school. Right. And then the second week of school, and it varied for each campus. We Mm -hmm. looked at— 
uh, when it would best fit. But for um, almost a consecutive eight weeks, we took one week to learn about and focus on each single map. So it wasn't something we uh, threw at the kids and then we move on. No, we spent a whole week on each individual map across the board. So every student in uh, St. Joseph's over the course of a week or two, again, it varied between elementary and secondary. But um, for example, the math teacher might have taught me about the circle map, but we used the circle map in science and in history and in every subject that the student attends. Mm -hmm. So it really reinforced what a thinking map, what that particular thinking map uh, cognitive skill was and showed how that cognitive skill could be applied and, and was expected in every class and every subject. I want to take a minute to remind our listeners that we're talking with Stephanie Rayburn and Sydney Shaw from St. Joseph's School here in Bryan. And um, if you have any questions that you'd like to, to chime in and, and ask us, it's 855-683-7332. Uh, you're welcome to call in and ask these lovely women any of the questions you may have about this curriculum development over there at St. Joseph's School. We talked about how this, the basis for these thinking maps that came out was really um, to develop critical thinking skills. So I want to take a second, Sydney, and talk about, um, you know, what is a critical thinking skill and why do we need that? So for me, and I'm going to touch on this because my expertise is kindergarten. For me, it is becoming an independent thinker. So it's thinking in a way that um, you don't need the answer read to you or you don't read the answer. It's those process skills that we have to be taught. We have to teach our brain how they don't to do come. them. Yes, they don't they come don't naturally, come. folks. It needs to be taught. That's yes, right. It's exactly like Dottie saying, the book doesn't tell me, but to make those inferences and to draw those conclusions um, based on what we know, what we have previously known, our, you know, our past uh, knowledge of things, and put that all together and train our brain to think um, logically and critically and outside of the box and all those, you know, fun teacher words and tools that we love to use, but rarely do we teach or use in the classroom because we're so focused on teaching that content. So with these thinking maps, we are allowed to not only teach the content, but teach it in a way that furthers their thinking and teaches them about their thinking so that they can later apply it to anything that they do. Wow. <laughs> that just makes me so happy. Just even talking about it even more in depth, like because I was I was ecstatic about it to begin with, but um, I just I've just noticed and felt over time that this is something that um, I don't know. Let's say it's kind of fallen to the wayside developing mm -hmm. this skill. Um, Stephanie, maybe you could talk about to the extent as it's it's a I guess it's a style of learning that's kind of fallen to the wayside in general, and that we're one of the only schools I think that are doing this great emphasis on the critical thinking with the, the thinking maps. Is that correct? As far as I know, yes, ma'am. We are uh, one of the uh, only thinking map schools um, in in the area. I know Brian was um, also uh, considering thinking maps and doing it as well. But um, at the same time, yes, I think the um, I, I believe the thinking maps also helps students grow confidence in their ability to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. They grow accustomed to and um, experience success 
And therefore, it's their first inclination to memorize and regurgitate because we applaud that so much in elementary. And that's absolutely necessary for as the building blocks to middle school and high school. But then in middle school, we need to take the, that, those, that basic information and encourage model for the kids how to draw that uh, logical conclusion based on those facts, um, model it for them, show them how to do it. Um, and the thinking maps to me was a wonderful, wonderful step in self-confidence for the kids because here they are in middle school learning more challenging um, academic material. Uh, we've increased the rigor. We've increased the homework. We've done all these things outside their comfort zone. But now we hand them a thinking map that they've been using for a whole year prior to middle school. And all of a sudden, you hand them new information and they go, oh, I can do this. I know. A I have homework. the tools to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I think this is a good segue to um, the tools to do it. So if we're talking about critical thinking skills, Let's go beyond just your basic classical education, but human formation, being good human beings. And um, as we talked off air, one of the main reasons or the primary reason my kids attend Catholic school is in my little mind, very small, um, I could not imagine education being separated from um, my Christian faith, my Catholic mm. faith specifically and the teachings of Jesus Christ. So the, the religious aspect is also included. See, I love how that's just a, a perfect marriage in, um, yes, we have this body of knowledge, but we also take the body of knowledge of, of the teachings of Christ and the ethical aspect and the religious aspect and marry those together too. So you can draw proper conclusions. So I want to take a second and we'll talk about what uh, type of religious education is going on at the elementary school campus and then that um, beautiful uh, complementarity between the theology and what the ablaze ministers are doing with the personal relationship. So Sydney, you, why don't you go ahead and start with what yeah. we do at the elementary level. Um, you would draw the thinking maps in, but the religious education along with that. Yeah. So um, we do teach religion every day. That's a part of our um, everyday curriculum. And we do apply thinking maps to that religious education. So it's really awesome to see now that my kids have been picking it up and using it and they know if I draw a big circle on the board, we're doing circle map and everyone yells out brainstorming because that's the kind of thinking. And they get to... Um, really think about their faith and about what we're teaching them. It's it's really beautiful to see. Um, so, yeah, in our religious education, um, our curriculum is called Finding God, and we are basically introducing our littles, pre-K and kindergarten, to um, the stories of Jesus and who he was and creation and Noah's Ark and things like that. And we, we keep that light and fun um, – so that they get excited. We love to spread that excitement onto first grade and onto middle school. And let me, let me slow you down just a second, mm -hmm. because don't we have sacramental prep in there too? Does St. Joseph offer second, that while they're there? Second grade is first communion. And reconciliation. And reconciliation. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And yep. then I believe that's it for, for the elementary. For elementary. That sacramental prep mm -hmm. is included in the, at, with school as well. Yes. Um, it's within wonderful. the school. So if you do not attend St. Joseph's, but you would like that sacramental, then you would go to RE, which is the after school program that Correct. offers all that sacramental awesome. guidance. Okay, so we have that um, beautiful, those two sacraments of First Communion and Reconciliation mm -hmm. at the middle school campus. 
and then we're sorry at the elementary, elementary campus, campus and then yeah. we're we're growing in our faith and we come to the middle school campus yes. so um then they have tell me about the religion and what they do there as far as curriculum goes in the sixth seventh and eighth grade in middle school, in terms of religious education, they do also attend religion every day. It is a part of the core curriculum, meaning it meets Monday through Friday, all five days of the week. Um, we also attend mass oh, yes. twice a week. Um, and it's one of the uh, beautiful things that I think uh, we do best at the secondary campus in that the middle school and the high school both get to attend mass by themselves. Um, high schoolers and middle schoolers have very, very different needs, very different um, uh, social expectations. And it's very important that I believe that they um, be able to celebrate mass alone. But at the same time, in terms of unity, we also get to celebrate mass together as an entire school. Mm -hmm. And that chapel at the secondary is within the school, which is, I think is really awesome. Mm -hmm. So really cool. it's right there down the hall. But I want to back up and say too, that we're ten the elementary school students attend twice a week as well too. Yes, ma'am. The pre-K and kinder classes, we do only once a week, but um, first through fifth, they do attend twice a week. And uh, it's like a field trip every, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, because we walk over as a school to the um, church well, and attend mass. You know, another thing that I've always loved about that for my my children too is that the the children at this elementary age are participate as liturgical mis- ministers during the oh, mass. Yes. So singing, they're lecturing, the canter. they're cantering, mm-hmm. they're altar serving, and I've just found this to be a great tool in like human formation to get up in front of groups and and in public speaking. Um, it's such a I think a, a great development of skills uh, people who have a very great talent for it young people that do it starts to really blossom during that time oh yes and you can really see it so i'm really thankful for that yeah kind that of begins at first grade and they just they rock it up there they really do <laughs> if you haven't attended um a mass with the elementary school i really encourage you to do so you might wave at me when you're there i'll be there 8 15 yes, not ma'am. every day but a lot of days mm-hmm. um with those kids and enjoying that mass and then we go on up to the middle school. They're attending again twice a week. Um, is that correct? They yes. Are, okay. Um, middle school goes on Tuesdays and Thursdays and high school on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So, um, and that again is on our campus site. That's at Christ the Good Shepherd, that 600 South Coulter address. That's right. Okay. So you do have the um, religious aspect, but over this last what is it? How long has a blaze ministry been in, in the St. Joseph school? Um, two to three years, two to three years. Well, I can speak um, on this personally that, so we have the, uh, the dailiness of religious education, but bringing the ablaze ministers into, to be campus ministers at middle school and the high school level has really folks taken my children to another level. Their job and their role within this Catholic school system is to develop a very personal loving, caring relationship of the child with Jesus Christ. I, I'm going to, I'm having a real Absolutely. pregnant pause there because this is something that, you know, me as a convert didn't fully understand how that component is so necessary. I think we've separated for too long or saying that it's all in one, but it's not. So yeah. you have catechesis, you have learning the Bible, you have learning um, the catechism itself and the teachings, a beautiful, rich, dynamic history of our Catholic Church. Thank you, Jesus. 
I'm very appreciative for that. But there's the aspect of relationship, that very, very personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And they have these wonderful things called days of reflection. (laughs) Can you speak to that for a second? Absolutely. Um, I think one of the um, most beautiful things that we offer our middle school and our high school students is that they get to step away from academics when they work with the Ablaze ministers in the fact that um, Ablaze doesn't teach them a structured classroom um, instruction. They don't give them an academic grade. Um, the Ablaze ministers are, um, they run the Days of Reflection and they're, they're like a youth minister in church whom you go to and you rely upon and you um, look for for guidance in your relationship right. with Christ. I can tell you. academics. I can tell you my daughters have really taken advantage of, especially if they're struggling with um, the interpersonal stuff that goes on with the kids in middle school. As you can know, there's a lot of that. Um, To be able to step aside and go speak to a campus minister, not a teacher, but a campus minister that helps them use their critical thinking skills based on the teachings of Christ and how to process all of this, you know, where um, I think that human tendency is to be negative. It teaches them to, to turn back toward Christ, to mm-hmm. pray for the other person, to love that person, even when it's really hard. I know I, I've heard this, that my kids are doing that, that. Those ministers have been doing a great job with that, um, to be able to really incorporate all the aspects of yeah. Christ's teaching. How to do life. It's so true. Um, and I personally have had the, the good uh, the good fortune of helping out with uh, the freshman retreat. Um, we went on an, a day-long hiking trick, trip in at out at Lake Bryan, prayed the divine mercy. We had talks and things oh, wow. like this, but got to be out in God's nature to see how he loves us there. It's just been... Um, for me, my older daughter, who uh, Mary, who just got married this past week, and she was like, this is so cool. I'm so glad you have this now. This is available to the kids because it is, um, again, folks, you have our religious education, but then you have building um, the personal relationship with Christ. And it's really about teaching the kids how to spend time with Jesus in prayer, making it more personal. Um, and when that happens, there's a lot of love and healing that goes on, just makes them better humans. Um, as, a, as a parent, I, I say thank you to St. Joseph's School for the brilliance of allowing a blaze in. I'm always very thankful to uh, Matt Rice's yes to God to start this ministry. And I tell him often. <laughs> so thank you to him. Um, but with that, too, we have that religious aspect. So they're going to mass. They're also receiving sacraments there. Confirmation. How does that go at the high school level? Um, confirmation is they receive Religious education hours are required in order to get your, uh, in order to proceed through confirmation. But that is done at the 10th grade level. So um, that's right. That's a change. It used to be freshmen, but now they're doing it. And those are above and beyond. That's out of class time or no? That's out of class time. Uh, But again, their religious education, whereas uh, a student that doesn't attend St. Joseph's, needs to show documentation that they've received the religious background in order to understand what confirmation is before they begin preparation. They are receiving that in the classroom. Right. Because if I'm not mistaken, it's religious education from um, 
like kindergarten through about the eighth grade, but eighth then it grade. turns into theology. Theology, yes. Ma'am. And you have a wonderful theology teacher over there. Absolutely. And our theology teacher um, has a master's degree, um, and, and that's required to ensure that they have a complete and varied body of knowledge so that they can answer kids' impromptu questions because they, they do have them in the classroom. Um, when the kids are interested in something, they do. They ask questions that might not be scripted um, with the teacher's lesson plan. And um, with a master's degree, Mr. Adams uh, can certainly answer those questions uh, very factually and uh, guiding the students um, to grow their body of knowledge in our Catholic faith. I have to say, um, you know, my Thomas, who's a senior in college now, and his buddies, when I talk to them from time to time, they'll say one of their most memorable things was having Mr. Adams and what they've learned from him. That was really struck. He's, you know, he's former military yes. and he's no fuss, no muss. And I the guys that. really, really appreciated him. They do. I love hearing him in all the graduation speeches at the end of the year. They yes. always have the stories. It's so fun. <laughs> So we, we want to say a big shout out to thank you, James. Um, mm-hmm. You bless our community by the work you do, the love you share. He still asks me, but how's Thomas doing? You know, Thomas senior in college now, Aww. but he'll still ask me, how's he doing? It's like, thank you. Just keep praying for all these kiddos that come through here. Well, we have um, just less than five minutes to round everything up. But I want to also talk about, you know, this has been so beautiful to talk about the way you have the two aspects of religious education, religious education and the personal relationship aspect with the Blaze Ministers. Um, but one of the things that I really want to just touch on for just a second before we, we close the show is the self-discipline component. You know, I know this is just life skill, um, but I, I, I can you talk to just a minute about um, where that kind of comes in and the critical thinking. Let's tie it all together. The critical thinking, religious education, and self-discipline. Um, well, self-discipline um, is absolutely necessary and um, taught in our Catholic schools in terms of the virtues in that um, it's, our, it's our duty not to simply react as a human, but to act react as Christ would expect us to and Christ wants us to. Um, I believe that deeply parallels um, the phrase that I often share with students. You know, um, every gift that God gives us, uh, to whom much is given, much is expected. Um, he gave us the intellect that we have. He gave us the free will to make decisions, and he expects and desires for us to do the right thing with those. Um, so the students often hear me um, tell them that my complete and thorough um, expectation for them is Christ-like behavior. If they want to react em- re- emotionally, that is human. I completely understand that. But it is our duty and our expectation to react in a Christ-like manner. And in terms of self-discipline, if at times um, with emotions involved and feelings involved, um, if that means saying nothing, then that's what the expectation is. Mm-hmm. And I, I coach the students that, that you know, if, if you talk to a student and they don't have anything to say today, that may be the best they can do in terms of Christ-like behavior. And that's okay. Well, what are some of the discipline tools that, that you're able to use there, say, at the middle school and upper campus? Because that's, that's really, you, no one really knows anymore, because you know, there's so much that cannot be done. I know oh, it yeah. cannot be done, but <laughs> what is, what, you know, you have in-school suspensions for behaviors or 
I don't know. The, just that kind of that kind of um, consequences for for poor behavior. Well, like any school, we do have detentions. We do have Saturday detention. We have ISS. Those are all tools. Um, but at the same time, I believe one of the tools that we can offer the students the best is to go home and the self-reflection and and then invite the parents, of course, to also be on board with this um, expectation to do what is Christ-like in the moment. Um, I have in discipline terms quoted scripture many times um, in that, you know, this intellect is a God-given gift and it is our ability. It allows us to praise God and, and say thank you back when we use it to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I've told, I've told my students too, it's, it's your way of praising God to go home and learn this. He has given you this wonderful opportunity at a Catholic education, with a Catholic education, to learn and grow your brain. It is part of our duty to God to um, expand on that and to use it and to do our best, as you would do your best on the football field, as you would do your best on the soccer field. (laughs) Um, We think of those all the time. You know, I want to give glory to God and do my best in athletics, but we sometimes put to the wayside. It is our duty to give glory to God in our um, intellect as well. And it's it's allowing the students to think about their behavior, you know, to reflect on that, just like those days of reflection. I know I've spoken with my principal because in elementary it is a little different, but you want to teach them to begin to think of how their actions have consequences and things like that. And um, I know that uh, Miss Lavender is just awesome, and she, um, we would like to kind of move to if, you know, someone comes to see her regarding discipline, we might, we're probably going to use a couple different thinking maps to allow that student to reflect before you start asking questions and those young kids just say, I don't know, I don't know. And now they will know because they'll know how their brain works and how they react to things. Well, that's just a good way. That's an excellent way <laughs> to, to to wrap up this segment. Can together. you believe the time has already passed? <laughs> um, I want to just say a big personal thank you for all that you guys have thank done. Thank you for having us. Oh, this is my passion to really, you know, the raising our kids. And it's, again, I'm very much of a... Um, a dance between the school system and the parents. And I want to ask parents to always raise the bar on that too. Um, give your kids the very best opportunity. My personal, my personal and with my husband have decided that this, the Catholic school has been the way. Um, I hope that you'll come back on again in the future. We'll talk more about it and the development along the way. And until then, the open house um, for the Catholic schools is going to be next or Tuesday, the January 30th, 30th. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Just drop in and any school hours between yeah, say, both campuses, 830 and three. And we'd be happy and uh, overjoyed to give you a tour of the campuses. Excellent. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Sydney. Thank you. Um, that's all for today. My friends and family, thank you for joining us. Um, and I hope you will tune in on the third Wednesday with me, but every Tuesday or Wednesday with uh, <laughs> Red Sea Roundup. My next time, I'm hoping I'm going to have Sister Rafaela to talk about human formation. But until then, my brothers and sisters, go and love your neighbor.